I want to welcome you to the Quality Christian Living Podcast, and I am your host, David Friend. We're continuing our series on the promises of God. We've covered a lot of topics, and we have a whole lot more to cover. So today, we're going to deal with the topic of the financial promises of God. Let me show you how you can be blessed financially. Learn why God promises to bless our finances. Discover the spiritual process for financial prosperity. I want to help all of us understand the conditions to financial promises and to experience the seven scriptural financial promises we find in the Word of God. But before we get into all that, let's pray and ask for God's touch. Heavenly Father, once again, I come to you and ask in the name of Jesus that you would bless this podcast, that you would help me as I discuss the issues of your promises and specifically today on the financial promises that you have for all of us. I pray that you would bless it and anoint it. I invite the Holy Spirit now to come in and take complete control, take charge of this entire podcast to direct everything that's said and to help those who are listening in today to receive what they've tuned in for and that you would bless them. I pray that your anointing would come forth in a very special way today because without your anointing, this will not be of any value. So we pray now for your blessing that you would anoint the speaker and all those who are listening in will be careful now to give you praise for what's about to take place. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This podcast is not intended now to give you a get-rich-quick plan. I don't believe in those. And I have some proof as to what God's Word says about those types of activities. The Bible warns us in Proverbs chapter 2, or chapter 21, verse 5, in the New Living Translation, says this, Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Now, it's very important we get that in our heart and our mind when we're talking about our finances, because God does want to bless us, and that's proof that He wants to bless us, because He's given us a warning that we need good planning and we need hard work and those do lead to prosperity. But if we try and cut through something or try and make a shortcut to financial blessing or or prosperity, it says it'll lead us to poverty. And I've seen that happen so many times in my years as a banker. Now, my goal is to see where God's Word provides instructions on His plan to bless our finances. I've heard people say that God does not have a plan to bring financial prosperity into our life. Well, after listening to this podcast, we will see many examples of financial promises that are directly from God that's found in His Word. And those who say that God doesn't want us to be blessed or to prosper don't think they truly understand that God is a God of love and of mercy and of grace and of goodness and of kindness kindness and of blessings. Jesus said that he came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. And he talks about the abundant life many times in many different ways. And so I want all of us to realize that God wants to bless us. The financial promises and blessings of God are shown throughout his word. Abraham had financial blessings from God. It's very clear if we just go back in the book, word of God and see the blessings that God placed upon Abraham. Then we read about Job. Job had great success financially. Then he went through all of his trials and tests. But then the word says that God blessed him twice as much the second time after he recovered from all the physical problems and financial problems and challenges in his life. When he recovered from all that, God brought forth even greater blessing upon Job. King David and his son Solomon had great wealth, especially King Solomon. The wealth he had is is immeasurable. Back in the day, they really had no way to determine the total value of his wealth, and today it would be probably somewhere in the neighbor of four, five, six hundred billion dollars. The Apostle Paul speaks of God blessing us from his riches, from his riches. And the key to receive God's financial promise is to keep our priorities in order. 
God wants to prosper us. Amen? Now, I'm a pastor, so I just like to get amen sometimes when I'm preaching. But when I'm speaking on something like this, I want you to understand it and receive it. In 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, in the King James Version, these are some of my favorite words. It says, I pray that you may prosper in all things. By the way, that includes our finances. And be in health just as your soul prospers. Here, John is writing down that he believes in God giving financial blessings to his people. He believes that God wants our soul to prosper. God wants us to have joy and to have peace and to be be free of worry and anxiety. These are all the things included in that statement. Let me read it again very slowly. I pray, this is what John said, that you may prosper, all right, get that down, in all things, be sure you understand that's complete, our, everything in our life, and be in health, a very important item, obviously, just as your soul prospers. So what greater blessings can we have than the words that John has written here to give us instruction as to what God wants us to receive? Now, it is important that I make this point on finances, a point that I think you need to take a moment and think about. God does not promise money so we will get a bigger house than our neighbor has or a bigger bank account than the people that we know. That's not his plan. God's promise for our financial blessing is to meet our need and meet the needs of others. It's to help us meet the needs of our church and those that the Holy Spirit tells us to reach out to and help and bless. Now, I'm not saying that we can't have a nice home, a nice car, go on vacations. Those are wonderful things, but those things should come after we've met our basic needs, we've looked around at our church, and to help our church and to help others who need a hand up. So don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with having a beautiful home, nothing wrong with having a great car, nothing wrong with having finances, but it's crucial we understand that's not God's only purpose in blessing us is so that we can be the richest person on the block. I think I've enough said on that. Now I want to spend some time on what I call my top seven scriptures that prove that God's promises are for his followers. There are numerous financial promises in God's Word. I could never get into the number of them. There's hundreds of them dealing with how God wants to bless His people, and many, many deal with specifically the financial needs that we have. So with that, let's just look at these few here, seven that I like. And I want to start now with uh, Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. It says here, I believe it's in the New Living Translation, the blessings of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, when it says that it makes a person rich, what's that talking about? What does the word rich mean there? Well, if you go back and look at the references to it, it's basically saying in all things, in every part of our life. We can be rich financially. We can be rich in good health. We can be rich in having great relationships and great friendships with people in the church and outside the church. These are all examples of being rich. So when you read the word that says the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow to it, it's important to understand that when God blesses us, and whether it be finances or not, there's not going to be any sorrow added to it. Now, what that means is some people work hard, become financially well off, but many times there is sorrow that's added to it because God didn't bring the blessing. They just got it themselves or they pushed for it or set their priorities wrong and maybe took advantage of other people or possibly didn't treat their family the way they should. And so, yeah, they may have wound up with money, but they had a lot of sorrow that went with it. Now, I can tell you as a banker for all the years that I was, some 16 years, I met a lot of people who were financially very well off, but I would say that half of the people I met were not very happy with their 
their life. They had a lot of sorrow that was added to their their push to get finances first, and that was the most important thing in their life. We don't want that to happen in our life. That's why we read these words. That's why we listen to podcasts. That's why we listen to the Word of God. That's why we go to church and hear good sermons. That's why we talk to other Christians about how they feel about finances and get a good understanding. That's why we pray and ask for God's guidance and direction in the area of our finances so the Holy Spirit will lead us so that no sorrow will be added to the financial gain that we have. All right, now this doesn't mean that we will all be financially wealthy. Just that scripture doesn't say it's going to just all of a sudden we're all going to be rich and tons of money in the bank, but it does show us that God blesses his people. Once again, another example of one of the promises of God, the blessing to the Lord makes us rich. Now that's in many ways and there'll be no sorrow with it. So let's move on now to my second scripture that I like a lot. It's found in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. And of course, the Apostle Paul's writing this to the church in Philippi, and he's writing this from jail. A lot of people don't realize that. Many times when he wrote, he was behind bars and still writing these incredible scriptures for us to use and live with some couple of thousand or so years later. The same God, it says in Philippians 4, 19, this, this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now look at this. Paul's in prison. He's writing these words and he's talking to the people uh, in Philippi and he's telling them that the same God who's taking care of me, I mean, he's taking care of me. He's in prison. But Paul says it really doesn't matter where I'm at, what my circumstances are, no matter what condition I'm in, whether I'm rich or poor or healthy or sick or wherever it might be, God's always going to take care of me. So that's what he's telling people. Remember that. That's for us. We've got to remember, regardless of what we're going through now, God's going to take care of us. And he will supply all of our needs from his glorious riches. That's what Paul said. And then Paul said, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So because we're Christians, because we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we can claim the promises of God. Now, if you don't know Jesus and you're listening into this because you're just curious about the financial part, let me just tell you, we need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ in order to line up and basically qualify ourselves to receive the fullness of the riches of God found in his word. And we can become a Christian by just simply repenting of our sins. The Bible tells us that if we've sinned, God is faithful to forgive us and that we can ask for forgiveness and say, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. Lord, please forgive me and I promise to serve you all the days of my life. We just have to repent of our sins and ask Jesus to come into our life. When that happens, then these words that I'm reading and these scriptures I'm giving you will apply to your life. So those of us who have people that we're talking to, friends maybe that are not believers, it's a great way for us to witness to them, to tell us, tell them about the promises of God. And they're a little hesitant because they're not believers. They don't have the Holy Spirit living in side of them. He's not dwelling on them because they've not surrendered their life to Christ. And so they can't understand how these scriptures are going to work. But if we tell them that if they give their heart to Christ and all honesty, with complete, a contrite heart, a heart that is asking for forgiveness, then Jesus will come in and God will forgive us. And then we then line up to receive the promises of God. All right, so much for my preaching on salvation. Let's move on to number three, Deuteronomy chapter eight and verse 18. Listen to these words. Remember the Lord your God. Okay, that's kind of important, isn't it? Remember whatever you're doing in your life or whatever we do in life, we've got to remember that God's a part of that. He is the one, it says, who gives you power to be successful. 
in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. God made an oath and had a covenant with our ancestors all the way back to Abraham that we would be blessed if we remember God and put him first in our life. Then he promises to give us power to be successful. That's a promise. That's a great promise and one that we can receive. Even though it's in the Old Testament, it's still our promise for believers today that we are living under the blessing and the oath that God made to Abraham. And and those who would follow God, seek him and listen to him and seek his face and listen to his word, that that promise is given to us and so we're living in the promise that God gave so many thousand years ago. Well, I've got several more scriptures to read to you, so I need to keep moving on here. I'm going to move now to number four is in book of Psalms. It's Psalm number 112 verses 1 through 4, and this is really powerful in understanding the promises of God in us for us financially. I'm going to start reading here in the New Living Translation. How joyful are those who fear the Lord. That means to respect Him and to love Him and put Him first, and delight in obeying His commands. That means we actually enjoy listening to what God has planned for our life, because we know when God gives us direction, there's going to be a blessing. The direction from God always leads to a blessing in our life. The correction from God always leads to a blessing. The Lord says that he He basically chastises us so that we'll be blessed. Well, I will receive the chastisement of the Lord anytime because it always comes with a blessing. So listen, I've just got verse 1. Let's get to verse 2. It says here, let's go back to verse 1. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. All right, look at all these promises. Verse 3, they themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Verse 4, light shines in the darkness for the godly and they are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Now, there's a whole lot of promises there. You People that say God doesn't have any promises for us, all you got to do is find this one scripture in the 112th Psalm, verses 1 through 4, and you see a plethora of items where God is promising blessing to his people who put God first. He just put God first in all that they do. And we do that. He promises to bless us, to prosper us, to help us. He gives us peace and joy and happiness. And yeah, we live an amazing life. Does that mean we're not going to have trials? Of course not. We will have trials. The Bible tells us that rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Bad things can happen to good people, but God is faithful. Where, where the Word of God tells us there, there were challenges that come along, grace abounds even greater than the challenges that we face in our life. So let's remember, even though we have challenges, that does not take away the fact that God wants to bless us and He has promises to prosper us in all things. Okay, let's move on now and look at my one of my scriptures, ver, uh, number five here, found in Jeremiah. Once again, still in the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8 in the New Living Translation. Listen to these words. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Well, we could stop right there. If you want to receive the promises of God, it starts with trusting God. We've got to believe Him, trust Him, put our faith and confidence in Him, not in our own thoughts and our own minds, but in Him. It says here, and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. So you want the promises of God? If we want the promises of God for our finances, we need to trust God and we need to put all of our hope and our confidence in God. Verse number eight, they are, that's us, they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Okay, the promise of God for us financially is that if we plant ourselves in Him, 
and we have trust and confidence in him will be like a tree next to a river where the water always brings us nourishment, always brings us health, and we can receive blessings from God if we plant ourselves next to him and we trust him and we place our hope in him and we place our confidence in him, then his blessings will come and that includes our financial blessings and our financial needs. Okay, I'm going to move over now into the New Testament in the book of Luke and chapter 6, I think verse 38, we're going to read right now. And it's a very, very powerful verse dealing with a financial blessing from God. It says here, give and you will receive. Now there's a wonderful thing to put into our heart, into our mind. If we want something out of life, we usually have to give it away in order to receive it. If you want friends, you're going to have to give away friend, being friendly to others. That means you give friendship to them and friendship comes back to you. If you want to have people like you, then you need to like others. If you want to be a person who's has a lot of friends, then be friendly. And those that's just the premise. And I know that has nothing to do with the finances, but it does have to do with the concept of give and you are received. It says here, Jesus is speaking, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So here we go where Jesus is talking to people about what we give in life will come back to us pressed down. You know, what we sow, we reap. If we sow anger and and frustration, then that's what we're going to get back. We're going to get anger back. We're going to get frustration back. We're going to get problems back. But if we sow peace, we'll reap peace. If we we give of our finances, we will get finances back. It doesn't mean that if you give a $10 bill in the offering, that expect a $1,000 bill in the the mail. I know God's able to do anything that he wants to do, but to think that if we just give some money, we're going to get a big old check back. Now, I believe in giving financially to my church because when I do that, it makes me a better man of what I have. I'm a big believer in tithing that we give 10% of what we have. I believe if we are honest and faithful to God to trust him and have our confidence in him and we give of our finances and the first 10% we make, give it to him first, then we can live on the 90% and we'll be a better steward or a better manager of the 90% that we have left over and that will be a financial blessing to us. So when God says to give and it'll be it'll come back, we'll be a better person in the way we handle our finances if we put God first in them. And and then Jesus goes on to talk about any time that we give, we'll receive, and your gift will return to you in full. Matter of fact, it'll be pressed down. That means packed together, shaken together to make room for more blessing, even running over and poured into your lap. The amount that you give will determine the amount you get back. So I believe in giving, and I believe there's a promise from God that if we give of our finances, we're going to get back in our finances and be blessed, and we'll also be given back in many other areas than our finances. We'll be given back with peace in our in our marriage, maybe a better relationship with our children or our grandchildren, that we'll have a better understanding of trusting in God and we'll be able to let people know that we trust God because our, we place our finances in trust with Him. And that's just an important point, one that I believe in very strongly. And if you'd like to know more about that, I've, I've written an entire book dealing with finances. One's called Generosity, What's in It for Me? And if you'd like to get that, you can go to my webpage and I'll give all that information at the end of the podcast and you can get that book on generosity. There's another book I wrote in there entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living, where it talks about how important it is to give of our finances. So therefore, we'll get back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over a blessing where we'll be debt-free. And we won't even have any financial obligations whatsoever. We'll be able to use what we have to bless our needs and bless the needs of others. So I'm going to move on now because I think some of you probably are a little tired of me talking about giving. So let's move on now to Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 25. And one little statement about a financial warning for God 
God's promises, it's very important. Greed causes fighting. Trusting the Lord leads to poverty. There's a very important warning in here about greed. I'm going to talk about it again in a little bit. And that is that we should do everything we can to keep greed out of our finances, to keep greed out of our desire to make more money. I could give you story after story of people I knew as a banker and as a pastor who had finances, but they became greedy and they wound up losing it all. If not all their money, they wound up losing their families and their friends. And it's really sad how greed is so devastating and it's something that we want to avoid with every part of our life. So those are the the top seven that I've given you. And I'm going to give you a couple more things as we get ready to close this podcast out that I think will be helpful. And I hope that you'll use those seven and that they'll help you to understand that God has a plan and it proves that he provides financial blessings for his followers. Now, before I close, let me give you a couple of warnings about finances. And it's very important I give you these because if if we just move along and say, oh, everything's going to be wonderful all the time and not understand where there's danger in seeking finances only, I'll, I want to give you some help with that. So let me give you a Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. In the New Living Translation, it says very, very boldly here, beware, guard against every form of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. So it's important. There's a word of caution there about the area of our finances. Let's make sure that we understand that God wants to bless us, but that we got to be careful that, that we're, this is not a goal to see who owns the most, that when we end, who dies with the most toys. There was a there was a bumper sticker once that said back in the 1980s, which was kind of the most greedful time in American's history, where people were just gaining and gaining wealth and wanting to get more and more richer. And, and, and it became kind of a slogan that that was more important than even God. And of course, that's all terrible you know, advice. But there was a bumper sticker that wasn't around it. And it said this, he who dies with the most toys wins. And what a dumb, stupid thing to say, because that's a violation of what that scripture just said. And, and to, to think that if we have more stuff than the next guy, that's going to make us happy. That is not a measurement of happiness is having more possessions than the person next door. I've talked about that earlier in the podcast, so I'm going to close with that. Let me give you another scripture that's kind of a warning on how to deal with our finances. And it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses, I think, 9 and 10. Listen to this. This is a warning about finances. So we've got to look at the warnings in order to understand the promises of finances. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting at verse 9, New Living Translation. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving for money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. I don't think I really need to say much about that. I think that scripture talks, explains everything. It tells us we've got to avoid the love of money, and we've got to avoid trying to get more, because it says it's destructive. And people who crave for money, and I know people, I know a lot of people over the years, especially as a banker, who just craved for money, and they were mostly unhappy. Very few of them were Christian, and they lived a really pretty miserable life. So with that, we don't want to see that in our life. So let's close out this with one scripture that I think is very encouraging and very powerful for our life. It's found in Galatians in chapter 6, and it's verses 7, let's see, 8 and 9 in the New Living Translation. So let me just kind of wrap up this podcast with with this particular scripture. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. All right, we've talked a little bit about that. Verse 8, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live, this is the part that's so happy, so positive, so encouraging. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest 
everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Well, I know there's a lot of reasons people listen to a podcast talking about the promises of God for their finances. Some of them because that's their greatest need. Some of them because they just need to have their basic needs met. But wherever it might be, we've got to remember, if we follow God's plan, we must never give up because God's plan is to bless and prosper His people. So I'm going to pray for you right now. For those of you who need a financial blessing from the Lord or you'd like to get better understanding and clarification on how to receive the financial promises from God, let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for those who've listened in today and they have their desire to be blessed financially. There's nothing wrong with that, Father. And I pray that you would pour out a blessing, Lord, that quite frankly, they would be pressed down, shaken together and running over even more than they could handle. Because Father, from this teaching today, from this podcast today, there's so many scripture references that help us to understand how we should line up our life in order to receive the financial promises from God. You tell us, Lord, that we should have good planning and that we should work hard and that will lead to prosperity. And we tell us and you warn us, Lord, that to avoid these hasty speculations or these get-rich-quick things, Lord, I pray that the people are listening and would never be caught with that. Lord, I pray that you would help them. Lord, those that that search you, God, and, and trust you, Lord, and have their confidence and hope in you, they will be blessed. And I pray, Father, that the blessings of the Lord, Father, will make them, as one scripture says, rich in all things in their life. And that, Lord, that, that, that you will add no sorrow to it, Father, when the blessings come into their lives. And I thank you, Lord, that your word tells us, Lord, that the same God who takes care of me will supply all of the needs of those who are listening in. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless them and you would prosper them, Father. And Lord, I thank you, God, that we've been given words of encouragement, words of caution, because your your word gives us instructions on how to receive the blessings of God and how to receive the financial promises that you have laid out for your people. So I pray now that you would bless it and bless all of those who are listening in. And I call forth a blessing in their life. And I'll thank you for it now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope that you've receive something from this teaching today because I've always always enjoyed talking about finances. Remember, I was a banker for some 16 years. And then for 20 years after that, my wife and I owned a real estate development company. And then for 20 years after that, we pastored a church in Scottsdale. We founded it. The Lord directed us to do that and built it from scratch, really with absolutely no people. God blessed it. All we had was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as our, our senior partners. And he helped us and directed us through a, a church that was blessed and is still doing quite well even to this day. And so I just pray, Lord, that you would help them and bless them. And I pray that that this teaching, that it's practical enough that you'll be able to get into your heart and into your mind and your soul so that you'll be able to live it and understand it and receive the financial promises from God in your life. Now, in future podcasts, we're going to continue talking about the promises of God. And my next podcast is entitled, How to Find the Promises We Need. Now, sometimes I talk about just the promises in general, or maybe I'll focus on finances, or I'll talk about particular needs and relationships, but I want to do a podcast that talks about the general needs that we have. How do we find the promises of God for our particular need, regardless of what it is, no matter what that need might be, how do we find it? And so we're going to get into that and talk about where in God's Word it shows us how to find that and talk about the five or so, I think, most difficult needs that people need to receive the the, the blessings and the promises that God has in line for them. So we're going to get into that, and I know that 
it'll be a blessing to you because it's going to come from God's Word, and that's where we get all of our blessings. Now, if you'd like to know more about quality Christian living, you can do that by going to my webpage. It's davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get there and pull up my webpage on the very front page, you'll see a link to podcasts. If you click that link, you'll be tied to the 231. This is the 231st podcast of Quality Christian Living. And you can go back and see a number of topics on finances, on on spiritual growth, on miracles, on the gifts of the Spirit, and, and what financial prosperity is, what spiritual prosperity is. We talk about a, a number of topics that will help you in your daily life, and I believe they'll be a blessing to you. In addition to that, there's references to a number of books that I've written that are on my webpage, and those may be of interest to some of you. If you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that by going to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So I hope once again that this has been a blessing to you, and I'm going to continue on this series on God's promises. We're going to be discussing topics like how to find the promise of peace and hope in our life, how to understand our purpose, God's promise of revealing our purpose to us. We're going to get into God's promises are unshakable. We're going to talk about God promises gifts and he promises everlasting life. God's promises will strengthen us and will answer be answers to our prayers and meet the needs that we're having and on and on and on. I've got a whole list, probably another 40 topics that I could cover, but we're praying for the Holy Spirit to lead us and give us directions as to which topics to cover and when to conclude this teaching. So for now, we're going to be on it for quite a while, and I hope that you'll let your friends and family know that there's a teaching going on on God's promises. We've seen wonderful interest in this, and I know that God has a promise for you, and I hope that you'll receive that and understand how to receive that promise as we go through all of these teachings found in His Word. So with that, I'm going to close with these words for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you with his promises. May you receive the promises of God and meet for the particular need that you have. And I'll give God praise for it and give him all the glory in advance for what he's about to do. Thank you once again for listening in to Quality Christian Living. This has been podcast number 231, and I am your host, David Friend.